Would you like me to search your delivery? You are generous as you are divine. Oh, booty queens and booty queens. I don't give a damn what you're entitled to. So, if you don't like it, you can take back your food and your castle and f*** right off. You should treat books with more respect. Welcome to Mystery Pony Fiction, hosted by the Mystery Fluttershy fan. In Markmorium by Fan of Most Everything. The components were prepared, the stars were right, the ritual began. This, Misty told herself all the while, was a bad idea. Of course, Misty had never had a good idea that didn't involve instantly agreeing with whatever Opaline said. Opaline had told her as much plenty of times before, but in terms of bad ideas, this had to be the worst one she'd ever had. Still, Opaline's rarely given praise came a little more often when it came to Misty's willingness to do anything to get what she wanted. So maybe, just maybe, the Alicorn wouldn't mind as much that Misty was using the throne room's scrying pool for her own purposes while her mistress slept. Her efforts lit only by the pale, eerie flames in their sconces and the magic radiance of the pool itself. Opaline certainly hadn't minded Misty going through the castle library to find the ritual in the first place, though she just might not have noticed the research when she hadn't needed Misty herself. Anything Opaline needed took priority, not because she needed Misty specifically, but because she'd be too busy with something truly important. Otherwise, Opaline would have taken care of it herself. The library carried lore from across all of time from faded, propaganda-filled tales of the usurper Twilight Sparkle to modern gossip rags from Zephyr Heights. Misty didn't know how Opaline had collected most of it, but as with many things she didn't know, she didn't question it. That wasn't her place. She just thanked her lucky stars and worked with it. Amid the yellowed scrolls and backlogged Sears Roan Bucks catalogs were some truly dangerous texts. One that even Opaline treated with caution, the nastiest according to their slightly less perilous contemporaries. Could grab a unicorn's soul through her horn and pull it right out of her body. That turned out to be true, but the book needed the user's magic to do so. Blank flanked and dead horned as she was, all Misty got from them was an uncomfortable tingling in her frogs as she paid through them. She found what she was looking for in an especially tingly tome, one that seemed to have a face on its front cover and definitely had a cutie mark on the back. That was probably a bad sign in hindsight, but Opaline wouldn't let a little squeamishness stand between her and more power, so neither would Misty, especially when the ritual to reach out and take what she wanted promised to be so simple, even an earth pony could do it and that was back before they could grow massive plants with a stomp. The castle's alchemy lab was as well stocked as the library, so it was a simple matter to gather all of the components. Only once Misty started trotting Widdershins around the scrying pool had her foolishness really struck her. Every poured reagent, every muttered syllable, every mystically significant ear sign made her internal panic build up more and more, but she kept going. In fact, she couldn't stop. 
She tried midway through, but her body was running without her input by that point, behaving like the spell was as much a part of her routine as sweeping the hallways or fluffing Opaline's pillows. The Necronomicon had said that once started the ritual would want to see itself to completion, but Misty had thought that had been an exaggeration like so many of the mad Saddle Arabians' other warnings. It wasn't like she'd run into any octopus-headed minotaurs or conjuries of spheres while preparing the ritual. She wasn't even sure what a conjury was. A shudder brought Misty out of her thoughts just in time to notice the mist billowing out of the scrying pool, filling the throne room and washing out its polished golds and deep blues. A similar deadening of sensation struck Misty as the mist coiled around her legs. The stink of the ingredients, the heat emanating from the pool, even the grit of the stone beneath her hooves seemed to fade from her mind, never entirely gone but shifting into the background. That just left more room for her panic to claim, especially once she realised she hadn't moved for several seconds. The ritual must have been complete, at least the parts it wanted to finish itself. That still left asserting her will over the conjured spirits, and Misty wasn't sure how much she had left to assert after doing all of this under Opaline's nose. At least the Alicord slept as mightily as she did everything else. No amount of bone-deep loyalty could get Misty to deny that Opaline snored like a sawmill and could sleep through an earthquake. A shake of her head and a stomp of her hooves put Misty back on task. Spirits! She cried, her own voice sounding like it came from the next room. Oh, ye departed souls, called back to this land of sorrows, hear me and heed me. By will and wit be bound to my bidding. Ye dark and fearsome shades who have answered my beacon, know that it is I who control the gate and key to this world ye once walked. Something like sunlight began to glow from the depths of the mist, a warm gradient of pinks and yellows and oranges fading on occasion to a pure, bright white rarely seen in the castle. Emboldened, Misty practically shouted the next part of the binding. And by my name shall ye know thy master! Um, mistress, for I... Are we talking like that time Luna went to a spear shaker in the park performance? Said a scratchy voice. Seriously, when are we? Can ponies call up before you die? Rarity always said trends go in cycles, said a more gentle voice. Maybe it's the same for language. A third deeper one clicked an ethereal tongue, then spoke in an accent foreign to all of Misty's limited experience. Come on, y'all, you're distracting her. I ain't happy about getting pulled out of lithium either, but this'll go quicker, if and we're all civil. Much of the mist had faded as the three voices had made themselves known, revealing three luminous bodies hovering above the surface of the pool. One of each tribe, the bodies were vague, mere shapes with no features but bright, glowing eyes, difficult to spot on the entirely white unicorn and clearly defined if incomprehensible cutie marks, impossibly present on all six flanks. The earth pony floating between the others and glowing like the alchemy's lab sodium lamp, nodded to Misty. Go on now. It, she, said, with no visible motion of jaw or tongue. About to introduce yourself, right? Um, right. Misty cleared her throat. Uh, yeah, and verily, 
thou shalt know me as uh, the pegasus on the earth mare's right, like a winged chunk of sunset brought a spectral hoof to a muzzle, shaken with mirth. Oh, Celestia, sweetie, do you remember that play you put on just after we got our marks? The unicorn gasped and brought a hoof to her own face. The one where rarity costumes kept every pony from noticing the awful dialogue? Gosh, I haven't thought about that in centuries. The earth pony huffed out a sigh. Right, might as well drop all the fancy talk, Billy. We ain't the ones to stand on a ceremony anyhow. I'm Applebloom, the joker with the wings of Scootaloo, and Miss Playwright over there is Sweetie Belle. How about yourself? According to the book of winnied names, Misty should have been trying to dominate the spirits, to coerce them into her service through force of personality. But this was as welcoming as the slumber party at the Bright House, at least while her cover had held out. She didn't so much slump to the floor as her legs gave out, heavy with relief and exhaustion. I'm Misty. Pleasure to meet you, Misty. Now, what can we do for you? The other spirits moved to Applebloom's sides, all three at least interested, even if Scootly was still quietly laughing to herself. Um... Misty tapped her hoof tips together as she took in all she'd done. The request seemed a little ridiculous compared to all she'd gone through already. Then she looked to her own unmarked hindquarters and stilled her resolve, turning back to the spirits. She stood back up, squared her withers and said, I want a cutie mark. Vague as their expressions were, Misty could still tell the spirits were shocked by that. They just stared at her for a few moments, shocked still and eyes wide. Just as anxiety began to twist in Misty's gut, Scootily said, Did we ever try necromancy? Not for ourselves, answered Sweetie Belle. But there were a few one-on-one clients where I broke out some parlor tricks. Mostly just burnt sage and spirit boards. It's not like Twilight ever let us learn anything serious. Misty took a step back. Twilight? As in Twilight Sparkle? Well, sure. Ain't she still around? Applebloom looked around as though expecting Opaline's ancient adversary to trot in from the mezzanine. Ain't seen her in Elysium yet. Hey, where are we anyway? Said Sweetie Belle, floating high. Misty knew the spirits couldn't leave the trotted out circle. But that didn't stop them manoeuvring in it, nor taking the throne room as a whole. I'm pretty sure this isn't Castle Canterlot. Ah, uh, Misty cleared her throat. How about we focus on getting me a cutie mark? Like you said, faster we do that, faster you get back, right? The three spirits reconvened, muttering amongst themselves. Misty barely dared to breathe until they turned back and Applebloom nodded. Fair enough. Granny always said it ain't the deadest place that girl poking their muzzles where they ain't wanted. Scootaloo spread her forelegs and oddly tiny wings. Misty must have done something subtly wrong in the summoning. Besides, if you want a cutie mark, you've come to the right place. Necromancy isn't the right answer to any problems, added Sweetie Belle. But you found an exception. That got another nod. Darn tootin'. The cutie mark crusaders are happy to take you on at our latest climb. All three thrust a forehoof into the air and shouted, Yeah! Yeah! Misty added a beat later. So, uh, what's first? Sweetie took another turn around the room. Well, we're going to need to get a chart together. 
Misty? Misty's ears folded back. Oh no! She scrambled away from the archway. She should have been keeping an eye on the whole time. Who's that? Said Scootaloo, not at all helping. Applebloom rubbed her ephemeral chin. Almost sounds familiar, don't she? Opaline burst into the room. Wings unpreened and mane still in curlers. She looked around the room, more furious every time she turned her head. Finally, she ran it on Misty, snarling and stalking towards her. What have you done? What is the meaning of this? Misty shrank into herself, trying not to tremble. Trembling was an unacceptable sign of weakness. S sorry Opaline. Opaline? Sweetie echoed. Opaline froze. She turned to the spirits. Diamond Spilly? Added Applebloom. Ears folded back, eyes wide, the faintest shudder down her spine. Somehow, impossibly, for the first time Misty had ever seen, Opaline actually looked afraid. No, no, it's not possible. Scootaloo tilted her head as she looked back at her. How the hay did a friendship school dropout become an alicorn? Shut up! The alicorn cried loud enough to make the vials Misty had emptied shake and rattle. Shut up, all of you! I'm finally free of your insipid lessons and I will not put up with them any longer! Sweetie Belle just sighed. Yeah, that's Opaline, alright. I said shut up! Opaline's eyes swept the room. She grabbed a flask in her magic tugged out the stopper and tossed the whole thing into the scrying pool. A pillar of black smoke and foul-smelling water erupted from it, the former filling the room in short order. Misty choked and staggered helplessly until a breeze cleared the air. She looked up, saw Opaline flapping her wings and glaring at her, and immediately wanted the smoke back. Misty focused on the floor, telling herself the tears in her eyes were just from irritation. So, what were you thinking? I... I was only trying to... Never mind what you were trying to do. A wingtip forced Misty's head until she stared into Opaline's furious eyes. Smoke still spewed out of the darkened scrying pool behind her. What you did was waste countless reagents for some foolish errand that will take valuable time and resources to undo when we can least spare either. Opaline narrowed her gaze. But before any of that, you and I are going to have a long conversation about not taking what doesn't belong to you. Misty knew that that meant Opaline would spend a long time talking about all the ways she'd messed up. And she'd spend a long time agreeing with the one who knew best. Best to start out early. Yes, Opaline. Yeesh, some pony took after her grandma. Both ponies froze. Misty reacted first, looking further up. All three spirits hovered around Opaline like oversized fireflies. Scootaloo took special pleasure in drifting down, upside down, and hooves behind her head, until she was muzzle to muzzle with the alicorn. Opaline glowered at her. I dismissed you! You just disrupted the ritual cycle that kept us in place, said Sweetie Belle, which you'd know if you paid attention in magic class. She turned to Misty and one of her eyes briefly dimmed to her background luminance. A wink? Twilight didn't let us learn necromancy, but I had to prep for substitute classes somehow. We can leave, continued Scootaloo. We just don't want to. Both made way for Applebloom, who found a way to crack her fetlocks, despite being a disembodied spirit. Now your ma and I found peace a long time ago, Opaline. 
But if you talk to this filly like that one more time, I'm still gonna smack you so hard Diamond's gonna feel it. Sweetie giggled. And if you think we're bad... If Opaline had looked afraid when she'd first seen the Crusaders, she looked outright terrified now. Her pupils were pinpricks, her horns sending off useless sparks, her speech sputtering and incoherent. Scootily patted Misty on the withers, which felt a little like a leg falling asleep. How about we get out of this gloomy castle and help you find that special talent? It took a few moments for Misty to catch up with everything. She furrowed her brow. I thought you'd find me a cutie, Mark. Oh, we've got a lot of work to do. Wait, said Opaline. You summoned these three just to... Applebloom jabbed a hoof to her side, making the dread mistress of all pony kind flinch back like a startled vol. Hush now, this here's adult talk. Opaline gave her a flat look, absently rubbing her ribs. Really? Sweetie tossed her mane far more effectively than she had any right to, given how it was just an extension of her soul. We're more adult than you've ever been. I'll have you know that I... Yeah, sure, whatever. Scootaloo drifted to another archway. Come on, Misty. Toxic home environments are another specialty of ours. Step one's getting out of them. And Misty, at least half as bewildered as Opaline, followed the three ghosts out into the door. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider joining my Patreon, patreon.com slash TMFF to get early access to audiobooks and to be able to request I do a reading of what you want, provided the author approves. Thank you to artlist.io for providing the massive music and sound effect library that I have to work with. And most of all, thank you to the bronies who write the amazing stories that inspire me to make these. Fluttershy and Izzy are best ponies. I now have a Discord server where you can join in and chat with other fanfiction fans. If you enjoy what I do, you can donate to me on Ko-Fi or Links in the description.